Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Sam Karuba, who had a near-death experience after his heart stopped, and today we're going to learn about it. Sam, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thank you, Jeff. I'm really grateful for you for having me in your show um, today, and I look forward to um, sharing my experience with you. All right. If you don't mind, let's start on the day that your heart stopped and go from there. Okay. When I was um, um, 27, I was about over 30 years ago, um, basically, um, I was... um, I had a stomach bug and it was gastro that was going around. And at the time I was living at my mom's and um, I was building a house. And so I was just sharing one of her rooms and um, she saw that I was really sick and she was all worried that I was in a bad way. But usually my pain tolerance is pretty good and I've never kind of liked going to doctors. So I would avoid going to doctors or hospitals as much as possible. So I would say to her, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm not going to go to doctors. And she convinced me, but you look like really sick. You're really bad. You know, you look really shocking and you've been vomiting all night and etc. So she managed to convince me. So we went to the local doctor and um, emergency doctor and he gave me an, inje- an anti-nausea drug called Stematol. Unfortunately, I didn't know I am allergic to scimitol. So then later when I went home, I went to bed. um, And what happened was I started having this while I was asleep. It was weird. I must have been kind of having an out-of-body experience because I lost track of what time, the order of things happening. Um, I couldn't work out after it happened whether... I started seeing that I started like dreaming like dumbbells were falling on my chest and hitting hard on my chest because obviously I was about to get a heart attack and my chest was hurting a lot in pain. And then all of a sudden I find myself um, in a dark place. I thought I was just still in the room, I assumed. Um, And I went to look at see what time it is and I saw there was no clock. And um, I was wondering, hey, where the hell am I? Then I noticed it looked very strange, very black, um, which I found out later on that's like the void. Um, And I was trying to look at myself and I saw I had no body and I looked out and it just went um, infinitely space. And then I started getting worried and I thought, what is this? Is this hell? Why am I here? You know, like how long am I going to be here? Um, what have I done to deserve this? And I started um, um, kind of freaking out. But because I had, had, I didn't have my body, I didn't have anxiety, I wasn't like having panic attacks or feeling sick, 
which I didn't notice and I forgot that I had the pain before and I didn't realise, hey, I've got no pain, I feel pretty good. I mean, I technically I felt good. I didn't have any pain, but it just felt like I was trapped. And I've never had, I've never had phobias. I've never been worried about anything like that. Um, two weeks prior to that, I remember um, going um, away on holidays and with a bunch of people, and I'm a bit of a daredevil, and a lot of them were scared to do stuff with me, and I kind of got annoyed, and I said, geez, I'm not going to hang around people that uh, are wimps that get scared easily. I want to hang around people like me that do anything, you know, go jump off a plane, go parachutes uh, on a parachute and all sorts of stuff. And I think God didn't like me doing that. It was not because what happened, which was unusual, usually people have like um, a life review and they have all these pictures flashing re really fast, which I thought was unusual because what was happening was all these videos playing really fast and I thought, wow, my mind, I can understand this like as if it's playing slowly. Like I had a super sharp um, computer brain, you know, and I could just understand everything. But what God did was um, he made me experience every single phobia that exists on this planet. And I felt it like I was in there and it felt like they were mine. Um and um, and then I didn't get any messages or any other thing like that. All I experienced was what it was like to have all different types of phobias. And then I ended up back in my body. And when I woke up, my body was all stiff like a dead corpse. I couldn't move it because obviously the blood wasn't circulating. I noticed looking at my nails on my hands and I thought, whoa, they're all black. Like, you know, they're normally pink colour. They were completely black because my blood stopped circulating. I thought, wow. And I was trying to um, roll off the bed because I couldn't move. And I was kind of couldn't move my head. And I managed finally to get myself out of the bed and land that on the ground. Um, then I had um, um, my ex-wife was there. She was, she was freaking out, screaming. And um, my parents came over and they're trying to, rub my body and get the circulation going so I can move again. Um, and then they, uh, they said to me, oh, you look fine now, you're fine. And I said to them, no, I could feel my heart racing and I went to go to hospital. And then my dad said to my mom, he hates hospitals. For him to say that must be serious. So they took me to the hospital. They put me on the machine, felt like an alien. Um, I'm monitoring my heart and all these uh, stuff. And I knew there was something wrong because when, when you normally go to a hospital, they make you wait all night. Um, they don't see you straight away. As soon as I told them what happened, they took me straight away into the um, into a room and um, I could see the doctor was trying to ask me, you know, questions, what do you do, what work, trying to distract me. And I just remember saying to the doctor, look, I can't stand this feeling. It feels like I've fallen off a cliff. I'm falling and I won't hit the bottom and I can't stand the feeling. Just, you know, if, if, if you can fix me, I'll just end my life. That's how bad it felt. And um, she came back. Um, she gave me an injection and then came back after about five, 10 minutes and asked me how I was feeling. And I said to her, 
I didn't feel any different. And she had this dread look in her face. And she disappeared again. She came back. She gave me another injection. Um, and then after a while, I was fine again. And then when I told her that I was fine, she, she just looked at me in shock and she said, no, you shouldn't be fine. And I asked her, what do you mean I shouldn't be fine? She said, do you know what I gave you? And I asked her, no. She said, I gave you morphine and it didn't do anything. Your heart still kept speeding up and you were just you were just going to get a heart attack and die. You wouldn't have made it. You wouldn't have lasted an hour. If you would have still stayed home, you would have been dead within an hour and um, you shouldn't be alive. And, she, and I, I didn't believe her. And she said to me, do you want to see the body bag? The doctor got the body bag ready to put you in it. And they said that it was a waste of time giving you the morphine because if you have, um, if they give you a, a second dose, your lungs collapse and you stop breathing, you die anyway. And she kept saying, you shouldn't be alive. You should be dead. You shouldn't be. I, it's like looking at a ghost. And she went all pale in the face. And for me, that's a miracle because um, I know that normal circumstances, no one would have survived that. But because of um, God decides whether you die or not, um, I came back and um, I, I, I survived it. And during that time, I haven't experienced anything like heart problems or anything of Gone to gym exercise. I could still do backflips, somersaults, and all sorts of things, and still do hip hop dancing. Um, so yeah, so it was pretty amazing that that happened. But I was still shaken off by the the black void, thinking, "Oh, what happens when my time's up? Am I going to go there and get stuck there, or am I going to be able to move to the other side?" You know, it's a bit of a question, but. Um, Unfortunately, um, the experience caused um, post-traumatic disorder. So the next day um, when I woke up, I felt I was having like um, panic attacks and I thought the drug was still in my body. And so I um, got my mum, asked call, call my mum, please, please call the, call the doctors. I think that stuff is still in me. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And I said, no, it's not in your system, it's you. They couldn't, they didn't explain that it was post-traumatic disorder, they didn't tell me anything. They kind of were a bit funny, the doctors those days, they didn't explain anything to you. And um, I guess after three months, I um, got over, I was fine. Um, the only time that it's triggered my post-traumatic disorder, like whenever I've had um, nausea or kind of similar symptoms it triggers automatically my heart racing and all that but over time I, I worked out from the NDA I didn't know I could heal I, was, uh, I came back as a healer um, I was able to heal myself and get rid of the um, post-traumatic disorder so I don't have that problem anymore um, but what I did notice also um, a couple of days later after what happened I wake up at night and I will see people in the room looking at me, staring at me close in the face. And I thought, what the hell? What happened to me? Like maybe the morphine or something's done something to my brain. Why am I seeing people, you know? And so it would freak me out. So I would um, kind of keep my eyes shut, shake my head 
so that um, I wouldn't see them. So they kind of uh, fade away. So later on, I discovered that that was clairvoyancy and I could actually see people from the other side. And and it was attracting people that, um, you know, passed away. Um, but I thought, look, as long as I know the difference, what's right, I'm kind of still saying, I was too afraid to tell anyone, so I won't tell anyone and that I, I've got this. And um, I'll let it go. Um, I did see a doctor about the, when I was getting the um, post-traumatic disorder problems, and the doctor said, oh, you've got a chemical imbalance, you're going to need drugs and all that. And I said to the doctor, I'm not taking drugs. I don't believe in drugs. I'll deal with this without the drugs. Um and then I, I mentioned to him about all the phobias I experienced. And the doctor was saying to me, no, no, you must have had it repressed and it's all come, come out through with the drug. Um, they're your phobias. And I said, no, they're not my phobias because that didn't make sense to me. I thought, how can I experience, you know, phobias of fear of claustrophobia, in fear of water, um, open spaces. Well, I love open spaces. Why would I experience open spaces feeling like it's swallowing me up, like I'm trapped? But I didn't know that until I, you know, I experienced it on the other side. But then later on I got my confidence in my side and have any of those phobias. Um, they were just what I experienced from the other side, which then I realised this is more, this, this wasn't a dream. I felt really alert, like I'm feeling alert right now speaking to you. Um, very clear mind. Um, so I know it wasn't a dream. Like people tell me, you were dreaming. No, it wasn't a dream. I know it wasn't a dream. You know the difference between when you're dreaming and when you're not. Especially when you are confused in a dream, when they're very vivid, you wake up and you know the difference. But this, this wasn't a dream. Um so then, then over the years, as time progressed, I, used, I was getting a bit of anxiety from working with computers. IT, I was a programmer, and I thought I'd do meditation. And um, and it was good. I was sleeping better, and I didn't have any problems doing the meditation. Then what happened? The people moved from the local area to the city, and I, and I didn't want to go to the city I wanted someone local and I didn't want to pay because it was pretty expensive because I was paying a mortgage and lots of bills at the time and I could just manage my budget. So what did I do? <laughs> I decided to go to a spiritual church. And I thought, they do meditation. They call them open circles. You know, I don't really believe in, even though I've, I was seeing spirits and stuff, I, I was in denial and I thought I was just hallucinating. So I thought, I don't believe in the spirit world or anything like that. I, I'm just going to go there and do the meditation. And I used to get my brother to come with me. And one of the people to, was a medium. She changed, She went into a trance state and she started speaking differently. And my brother freaked out. He said, Sam, I am not coming here with you again. And I said, come on, don't worry about us. She's probably just got a bit of um, schizophrenia. Um She's harmless. She's a nice lady. Don't worry about it. Let's come here and do a meditation. And he said, no, I'm not coming here. It's spooky. So I went there by myself. And what happened, what they used to do about three, four times a year, they used to do trances where they talk, communicate to the dead. 
and prove to people that there's existence after you die and you don't die. And I was like, oh, I thought we were going to do meditation. Oh, no, this, I just want to go home. But you're not allowed to go home because I worry that a spirit's attached to you and then they got to check you. And even though I didn't believe it, I thought, oh, I've got to play along with this. So I got Otherwise, I won't let me back in here again. So I just sat there and uh, there's all these um, um, mediums going into a trance and doing their stuff. And as I was sitting there, I was kind of tired. I thought I just want to go home and it was cold. And every time I tried to shut my eyes, I wasn't aware that I was going into a trance. That's another thing I didn't realize from my near death, that I, I became a medium as well. And um, I'm just shutting my eyes, trying to have a, like a little nap. And every time I did that, one of the mediums felt like she got up, walked up next to me and put her face in front of my face. So then I freak out, open my eyes and go, what the? And then I look and she's all the way at the end of the room. And then there were, there were two ladies sitting beside me and they noticed that. And they said, hey, what are you doing to my friend? I noticed that every time you jerk, she's jerking as well. You're doing something to her. And because I didn't believe in that stuff, I said to them, I'm sitting all the way here. She's sitting all the way there. There's no one affecting her, you know. It's just the coincidence. Just mind your own business or let me alone. <laughs> and so I tried the second time. I shut my eyes. And the same thing happened and I jumped. And she jumped again. So the third time I thought, no, I'm not going to fall for this. And But I was worried. I thought, why am I paranoid about this lady? She's sitting far away from me. There's people sitting in front of her. She's not really that visible. Why the hell am I, why, like, am I obsessed about this person, you know? And so I ignored her. And as I kept my eyes shut, I saw, like, her shadow, her aura and my aura, kind of like when you're lying in the beach and you've got your eyes shut and you've got a bit of sunlight someone's walking past and they can and you can see with your eyes shut like a shadow it looked like that and I saw her shadow and my shadow cross then I freaked out I opened my eyes and I'm sitting where she's sitting I've changed spots where I'm sitting and it's not like how you you hear people say that they have an out-of-body experience they float even when I had my NDE I wasn't floating or anything like that I just instantaneously end up there. And that's what happened with her. And then I thought I could see myself sitting down and I thought on the other end of the hall and I thought, why am I falling on the ground? I should be dead. If I could see myself over there, I must be dead. But then I had a look at myself and thought, where am I? And I look and I'm wearing a skirt. I'm, I've, I've had possession of that. I'm like... I thought, oh, my God, that other lady didn't have schizophrenic. When she was doing a mediumship, she was talking. She was telling the truth. I'm like the ghost that took over the medium's body. And I, I couldn't believe it. And, I, and the next thing I noticed, I had pain on the side of my hip, which is her hip, and I've had the urge to punch it to relieve it. Like when the person has a headache and they want to rub their head to calm it, I had the urge to punch the side to relieve the pain. And then the next thing I noticed, my mood was changed. I had this really bad, like, down of depression, and I felt like um, I, I, I wouldn't last one week in this lady's body. I, I would want to kill myself. This, this feeling, this, the, like, downer that she had was overwhelming, you know? And um, and then I, I was started thinking, well, what if I'm stuck in her body? What if I can't get back? 
I can't go home to my wife as a lady. Um, so I was freaking out. Um, then the th- next thing I noticed was, you see those movies when people swap bodies and one's not confident and one's very confident. And then you, they say, hey, that person that's not confident becomes more groovy, cool, and all that. That's not true. Um, when you, when I experienced changing, swapping bodies with this person, I had a different personality. I was irritable. People annoyed me, had low tolerance, um, kind of got aggravated easily. And then, and then um, I mean, that made me think, it made me think, well, when someone loses their temper or they get in trouble a lot um, and people judge them and they kind of hate them or they think they're going to go to hell or, or they're a bad person, they've got different, different chem- chemical makeup in their body. They, they have to resist more than what you do. For someone who's lucky enough to have a body where they're um, relaxed, easygoing, um, nothing bothers them, it's easy for them to, to judge someone and think, hey, this person's irritating because your body can makes your personality. And it made me wonder, what personality do we really have without our bodies? Who are we? How much of us is there and how much of us isn't there based on our body? But um, while I was, while all this was happening, I thought I, I don't want to be stuck in her body. So I started getting like my heart racing, which is her heart racing. And I looked at myself and then I said, God, help me. And bang, the blink of an eye, I was back where I was. And I noticed her head was tilted the way I moved it. So I couldn't move her body like it's my body. Like it, like, it was like just changing cars. And she looked at me. And she did the sign with her mouth, what the F are you doing? What have you done to me? Like she was really angry. And then her two friends started calling me devil, demonic, and I'm evil and all this stuff. And I was just saying to them, uh, you know, I was just telling them off and saying, be quiet, get over it, whatever. But I was like shocked what happened. And um, you weren't allowed to talk to anyone until they finished all their stuff. As she was about to make it almost outside the door, I managed to run up to her and I said to her, excuse me, lady, I've got a question. You know your hips? Before I could finish the sentence, guess what she said? Oh, the pain is killing me. I want someone to punch the crap out of it. You can't guess that. And even if you can pick up people's energies through meditation or, or being close to them, she was at the end of the room. There's no way you can pick that up. It's too too detailed. and and then I asked her, are you depressed? And she said, yes, why? And she said, because um, both my mum and dad are dead and I really miss them. So she was grieving. Um, but it was interesting. I couldn't get the information why she felt the way she did. It was like I was still in my body, but my personality changed to her personality. And I, I was like the way she is. I don't know what it would have been like being longer in her body. It would have really confused me um, if I would have accessed the memories. I thought I thought about it later. I might have started to get confused and think that I was her and now I swapped with me and I think that I was me all the time, but maybe I'm not me. But I feel like I, I'm still the same soul, same spirit. I, I went back to my body. But there was a point where I questioned that. Um, 
I didn't see that lady for a while um, at the spiritual church. And then about a month later, she came up to me all excited and said to me, oh, you know that pain on my hip? She said she had it for nine years from having children. And since that happened, the pain's gone. It took about a month and the pain went. And I thought maybe my um, energy field realigned her energy field and then got rid of the problem that she she has. But I did find um, over the years that people had problems when they came near me, they felt better. Um, so, But I didn't take note. I just thought probably was a coincidence. Um, so, yeah, um, so that was very interesting um, experience that I had. I mean, that was more more unbelievable than um, the NDE itself because I've spoken to a lot of people and I've asked them, you know, have you had experience with um, where you swap bodies with another person? And I, don't, I haven't met anyone who it's happened to. And I know there's people that go into a trance and um, they're still kind of aware of the where they are and they um, pick up the information. Um, my experience, they could have got my my body while I was in while, while I was in her body. They could have got my body, they could have killed me, shot me. I was alive through her. You know, like if if I would have been a blind person, I would have been able to see for the first time through her eyes, you know, using her body. Um so yeah, so basically that's that's the biggest experience I've had through the NDE. Um it changed me. I I I now believe that there is another realm. Um, I still have a fear of dying because I'm still worried about how you're going to die. Um, I'm still worried about how you're going to pass your time for eternity because um, we. I think we need to incarnate and you know experience what we do because it'll be like being in a state of hell. I mean. Without creation, it's just a void. And this is all for us to experience and to feel good. It doesn't even have to be a mission. It could be just just to enjoy existence, you know? It doesn't have to be for any other reason. Um, but the other thing then I, I um, that was bothering me still was that I was waking up at night and I would see people. And then I'd just shake my head until they'd fade away. So then I got curious and I thought, hmm, I really want to know if this is um, my my head or if I'm really seeing people that passed away. So um, you wouldn't believe it, the person that I, one of the entities that I saw was my ex-wife's grandmother and um, she'd come into my dreams as well. And so I, she would tell me things before they happened to prove that she was she was wasn't my imagination uh, in advance, and they, and they'd work ex- exactly. And I thought, how can they know what's going to happen if it hasn't happened yet? I mean, I, I, I I've heard now that the past, present, and future is happening all at the same time, but at the time I didn't know that, and I thought it was amazing that. Um, they could tell you what was going to happen in advance. I mean, if you ask them things like, what are the Tesla numbers so you can get rich and win? They're not going to tell you that. They're not going to give you that kind of information. 
obviously. I tried so many times and um, once I managed to get four numbers, the first four numbers, the Tassilato numbers, they all came out in the right order, but I didn't have the rest. <laughs> they wouldn't give it to me. Um, but with, um, with um, my ex-wife's grandmother, they speak in riddles. I think they do it because they want you to think. If they tell you normally, like how we speak to each other, hey, buddy, you're going to stuff up here and you're going to lose this, you're going to lose that, don't do that. You kind of don't listen. No, 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 I know what I'm doing. So what they do is they speak to you in riddles. And she came up to me and said, you need to find the ring. And I thought, what ring? And then she, all of a sudden, I ended up in Sicily in her house and she's going through the drawers and all that. And I'm thinking, listen, lady, I don't like going through people's stuff. I don't like... um, invading other people's privacy, um, I'm not going to look for this ring. And then I kind of ended up back in my room again. And she said, um, you gotta, you got to find you're going to lose everything. And then sometimes I'm a bit slow. I realised, oh, she was telling me I'm going to end up being divorced, which it did. It happened. Two years later, I ended up divorced. And I did lose everything. Um, but then I asked her, give me proof that you're for real. Otherwise, I'm going to not communicate with you anymore. So she said to me that she's got a son called Antonino and something happened to him. And I asked her, what happened to him? And she wouldn't tell me. So I got annoyed with her. And then what she did, I didn't know it was a clue. She went and kissed my ex-wife and my little daughter. Then she was a baby. And then she went up to me and she pat me on the face like a dog, which is very unusual for Sicilians because I kiss everyone, even a dog. Um, and then she went through the wall. So I asked the next day, my ex-wife, I asked her, do you have an uncle called Antonino? And she said, I don't know. My parents couldn't have kids until they were old and I don't really know my relatives. Ask my brother. So I asked her brother another day when I saw him, and he didn't know either. So then it took me a week to build up the nerve to go and ask a Sicilian. He'll tell you, what the hell are you talking about? Or whatever, you know, they tell you off. Answer back kind of, you know, like you're weird. After one week, I went to her house and I asked her, do you have a brother called Antonino? And she said to me, how do you know his name? Who told you? Not even the kids know his name. How the hell do you know? What do you want to know? Interrogating me, <laughs> which I, I was dreading. And I, I, I said to her, well, something happened to him. And she said she um, disappeared for a while, and I thought, where has she gone? She came back, and she read out a letter. He had a stroke. Right then, I was told that he had a stroke, and it was, he, he did have something happen to him. And then she said she accused me of going into her room, going through her stuff and manipulating her and told me to get out of her house. And as I was walking out, I remembered um, her mother patting me on the side on the face. So I went up to her and I said to her, your mum, when she didn't know people that well, she was shy, she pat them on the face like a dog, didn't she? She didn't kiss them. And she said like, how do you know that? That's impossible. She's been for 20, she's been dead for 20 years. There's no way you can know that. So then I got cocky and I started telling her what she's like, what she doesn't like. And the next day, my ex, my ex-wife said to me when I got home from work, 
I don't know what you did to my mother, but all day she's been crying and she said, you've, you've described her like you've known her for years. That's impossible. Cannot know someone you've never met. So that was my my evidence um, with with her, and um, and then two years later, when I did get when I did get divorced, um, my ex wife was trying to stop me from seeing my children, and she came and said to me, the, um, the grandmother, "You're going to get the children. Stay calm. Don't freak out. They're gonna." They're not going to want to see you and they're going to be scared of you. But by the end of the day, they're not going to want to leave. So don't get angry. Don't get upset because you'll screw it up. Just stay calm and you don't need me anymore. So you're not going to see me again. And I never saw her again ever since. Once I finish with you, that I want to know. Um, and exactly that's what happened. That's what happened after that. Then... Um, over the years, um, with my, um, I left my IT job and I started my own IT company. And I worked a lot, a lot of pressure. I would probably get maybe three, four hours sleep, um, drink a lot of coffee. I was drinking like 13, 14 cups of coffee a day. I might as well have been on speed. Probably would have been less harsh than coffee. Um and I started suffering from anxiety and panic attacks, and then um, I couldn't get rid of it because then it's like the fear of the fear. Um, and I went to doctors, and they tried giving me drugs for it, and all they did was they gave me Xanax, and that gets you more addicted. And I realized after two weeks, and I stopped taking it, and I went cold turkey and felt really bad. And then I saw on, um, on the paper somewhere, I don't know if you've heard of it, thought field therapy, where they tap on the meridian points and they can reduce anxiety, depression. And I tried it. I did a course and it kind of didn't give me any relief. Sometimes I get a little bit slight relief. And then I thought there's got to be a way to work out the points exactly. So I went and did a kinesiology course for a whole year. And I learned how to do muscle testing and work out the points. And so a lot of my clients I had were people at home. So I would practice doing the kinesiology on them and muscle test them and see if I could get rid of the anxiety and panic attacks. And I did. I got results that worked on them. But then when I wanted to do it on myself, I couldn't because I, you can't muscle test yourself. Um, then over time, I, re I was asked if I could do some healing at a yoga place. So I had all these other people that were there that I was doing the um, kinesiology on them. And I discovered that when they move their hands in the meridian point, I could feel it like as if I was in their body. And I thought, this is another thing that I... Um, the NDE has given me like a gift that I can pick up how people feel. And then that started to that started to make sense why when I worked in sales, I could sell anything. I would work somewhere part-time in a store and they'd want me full-time because I could sell more than a full-timers because I just knew what to say to people not to say. I just knew what to say, like as if I, I knew the people. And I just thought I was reading their body language, but I didn't realize that what I was actually doing was I could I I 
I, having an NDE kind of made me that I'm connected with the people. People say empath. Um, you can feel what they feel. And that then explains when someone's really angry or very upset with anyone or anything, I can feel the intensity and I feel very uncomfortable around people when they're, when they're not feeling good because I feel very, a lot more than the average person. Um, so so what I... <laughs> What I, I noticed when I was doing the kinesiology, the people were moving their hands around the meridian points, and I could feel if that was a point that needed um, working on without muscle testing. And then I could check if their energy field was running out of whack, if, if their polarity was out. or So I started um, working on the points without muscle testing and I found that um, their problem went away. The depression, the anxiety, um, people had unexplained pain from injuries for years, but doctors couldn't find anything wrong with it. That went away. People suffered from vertigo, um, got rid of that. And one person in 10 minutes, a doctor told him he was old and there was nothing he could do, and he was stuck with vertigo. I worked. I told him, just imagine what it feels like when he's standing and he feels all like he's drunk. And then sit down and I just worked up the points. I can ask questions subconscious and I get the answers and I can then know if it's gone. And I remember that, like, I, I knew, I know that they were healed because he, they would say something like, oh, I don't care about the problem. I feel really good. And then he'll get up and he didn't have vertigo anymore. And even people who get stuck with a problem and they can't solve it, same thing. I would work on them and then they knew what to do. Um, and, and I had clarity. Um, but the interesting thing I discovered as well, I had one person, she was getting married and she was a student, uni student at school, and she said that she hasn't been motivated to um, organise a wedding and it's getting close to a wedding and she wanted me to balance her so that she will be more motivated to to, to get things done. So I started um, looking at her, look at her energy field at points. And what happens is as I'm working on it, I start to know what they were thinking the night before and if they're worried about something and if they think they've got depression. I know it's not depression, anxiety, or, or, or an ache, it's because they're stressed or because I have a physical problem. It would just come to me like, I'd have to be warmed up like a car and then work out and then there would just come the information. And as I was working on her, I said to her, okay, the reason why you're not motivated is because someone passed away and you're grieving. And she said to me, no, I feel fine. I said to her, it's repressed. I'll know if it's repressed or not. And then I asked her, do you want me to remove the repression? Because if I remove it, you're not going to feel good. And then you might not cope and you can't do your studies. So before I do it, I need your permission. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. And she said, yeah, 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 do it, do it. So I went and worked on her, removed the repression. And she started freaking out, having panic attacks, crying. And I thought, oh, my God, what have I done? And I was freaking out myself and trying to calm her down. Um, and then she was trying to work out, okay, um, what is she grieving from? She didn't know what she was grieving from. And then she told me that she had someone who passed away a year ago, and I checked, and I said, no, that's not it. 
And then she said, can't be my grandfather. I'm, I'm over that now. And I said, that's it. And as soon as she asked me, do you think my grandfather's still around me? The grandfather spirit just went into my body and my personality changed. It's like that um, out-of-body experience I had at the spiritual church. My personality changed to that person and it felt like she was my granddaughter and I would give her all the money in the world and do anything for her. And I remember in my head I was saying to, to him, get out of my body. Like I didn't want to say it out in, light, in front of a lady and offend her and I'm telling her grandfather off. I was saying, get out of my body. Who gave you permission to get, out of my, to get in my body? And what the hell are my spirit guides doing? Why do they allow this? Oh, I can't even trust them. And I felt betrayed and I was just screaming out in my head, get out of my body. And he wouldn't get out. And so she was asking me questions and I had the same problem with in the spiritual church. I can't get any information why he's feeling the way he is, but I know how he feels. So if she says something to annoy him, I can I know I'm annoyed. So I kind of went based on that and answered her questions. And then he finally left. But when when he went into my body, it felt like, do you remember that old TVs? You put your hands on near him and you get electric static and your hairs all rise. And it mm -hmm. feels really weird. My whole body had electric static, like electricity, right? But not bad that you get electrocuted. Um, and as soon as he started leaving, I could feel he's rising because they somehow enter through your head. They enter through your head and they go all the way down. I could feel he's rising. And as he got away from my head, I was back my, to my normal personality. I thought, oh, whew, you know? And I no longer cared about the Abigail. Not that I, I, I'm insensitive, I don't care about anyone. I'm just saying I, I, I didn't feel the connection like I would do anything for her. And I thought, well, you know, and it made me think, you know, if you've got some entity near you, maybe they can make you do something nice or be nicer to someone. You wonder sometimes when you do something, if those decisions you make are based from your head or energy spirit around you, you know. Um so, yeah, and it was weird because that night when I went to bed, I actually saw my spirit guides and I was arguing with them. And it's really weird because you know how you don't, we come into this realm, we don't remember who we were before. We don't remember anything. When I have dreams of them, I remember who they are. I know who they are. But then when I wake up, I don't remember who they are. I remember I spoke to them, but I don't remember who they are. I felt kind of like, you know, like a, a, a buddy of yours, best friends, you've been around for years and your buddy, you go out, maybe you go for drinks and your buddy doesn't watch up for you and you get annoyed with him. It's kind of like that kind of thing. You're arguing with him. Hey, you didn't watch up for me. Why did you do that? And they said to me that that lady was keeping him trapped. And because of me now, he's released. He's gone. And then that family, they tried to get, they tried to come and get more information the, the grand with her grandfather and i said to him you know you watch those movies mediums they can talk to the dead whenever they feel like it guess what in real life when they're finished i don't want to know they go i don't want to be disturbed he's gone he doesn't he's not coming back and he's not going to talk to you um so basically um that i that was another crazy experience that i had um i did experience after that as well i was fixing someone's computer and I was talking to a lady who had phobia driving in um, fear of driving. Um, 
and she's telling me how it started and started off mildly when her dad died and then became worse when her mum died. And then while I was fix, fixing a computer, she asked me, do you think my mother is still around me? I don't know why, what this means when I ask his mum if the person's around them. It's like they think, they think I'm giving them permission to jump in my body. Bang, the, the, her mother did the same thing. And all of a sudden, I felt like throwing up. And I said, oh, I feel sick. I feel, I can't do the work. I feel nauseous. And she started smiling. She said, yeah, my mum, when she died the last two weeks, she was throwing up all the time. And then she wouldn't leave. And she's trying to get me to, you know, communicate with her daughter. And I thought, no, I finished fixing her computer. I was ignoring her and I was saying in my head, get out, get out of me, get off of me. And I thought, there's got to be a way to stop them from doing this. And then um, I got in my car and after about half an hour, she gave up and she left, and the nausea feeling was gone. Um, so it's scary that they can make you feel kind of pain. <laughs> so that's a bit of a, you know. Well, Sam, thank you for sharing those experiences with us. I'm going to take welcome. you back to the beginning. When you were in the void, you said you could see space go on for infinity. Correct. Do you mean like outer space and seeing stars? Or is it just you just see blackness going on for infinity? It was just blackness. You have perception in that state, in the other realm, you have perception. Like with our eyes, we look around and we look, we see there's a wall, there's a um it's different. You don't need to see, you could just perceive space, distance, and you know it, it was infinite. You just know it. You just know it. You know it 100%. It's not a hunch, not a, a guess. It just was infinite. Um, and it's a very lonely place if you get stuck there because there's no stimulation at all. Being in the prison is more fun. <laughs> Being locked up somewhere and tortured is more fun. doesn't sound, I mean, it, I don't mean it that it's fun, but, I mean, compared to not having any stimulation. I mean, it did teach me something. It taught me that, even if you have a bad day um, or things aren't right in your life, it's, you're still in a good place no matter what. There's always worse. Sometimes some of my guests will be in the black void like you are, and it's just always black like you experienced. And then sometimes they'll be there, and then eventually they'll see light in the distance, and then the light pulls them into the light. So... Do you think it's possible that this is just an intermediary place between other realms? Yeah, I thought about that. I thought uh, if I would have gone through there, because I know what I'm like and they know me better, if I would have gone through there, the difficulties that I would have gone through after my divorce and the amount of stress I've gone through, um, a lot of people that know me, they say that the stuff I've gone through in life, if they would have been them, they probably would have been dead, like they would have killed themselves. It made me not want to die <laughs> because I don't think they wanted me to see the other side and enjoy it because then they would have known that I wouldn't want to hang around um, because my life has been pretty hard. And... Even with my through my computer work, I seem to have attracted a lot of people that um, had cancer. Um, got one guy who got ringing in his ears, tinnitus. He called me to fix his computer. 
And then as I was about to go home, he said to me, I'm glad I met you and I'm glad I talked to you. You know, I was going to commit suicide. And then after meeting you, I don't want to die anymore. And I like freaked out and I thought, wow, just by him beat me being there, I saved a life. Um, so if I wouldn't have, if I would have just, if I would have seen more than a void, I wouldn't have probably been around and helped any of those people because I would have given up. And it's taught me um, that you don't base your happiness on how people feel, make you feel. Um, you don't need to be loved to be happy because you think about it. One of the gifts that I got from God was that when I was like maybe under one year old, people don't remember when they're babies. For some strange reason, I remember everything. I remember what it felt like to be a baby. I, I remember what the room surroundings look like. I asked my mum later on, um, when I was older, described the room and the layout, and she said to me, yeah, that's correct. That's what it was like. And I thought, I really remembered like what it was like to be one. I remember um, the Sicilians are very religious. They have the little uh, cross in the cot, hanging on a cot. And I remember it was silver shiny, and it was as big as my hand, and it looked like really big. And because everything is new, you haven't been traumatized, you haven't had any bad experiences, I felt amazing, amazing, like, you know, adventurous. The excitement, I, I think people, you know how a lot of people drink alcohol, they take drugs. I think the drugs do not give you the ecstasy feeling that you have when you're a baby. Hmm. It's just an amazing feeling. And at that time, I don't know anyone really. I don't know. I don't have any friends. I don't have any um like if my mum I didn't see her, see her again, I wouldn't have cared because I really didn't know her. I just met her. But I was happy and I felt great. And it kind of made me think, hey, you know what? You could still be like when you're a baby, when you're brand new, even if you don't have friends or no one talks to you or say you don't, have, you don't know anyone, it's like you're fresh, you're starting again. There's no reason why you can't make new friends or you know, explore things that you've explored a million times. You say, I've done it before. There's always different perceptions. It's like when you watch a movie. Every time you watch a movie, you see something that you didn't see before. It's always something new in it. So I think our experiences is like infinite. You can always enjoy and feel like it is a gift to be able to experience existence and being in a realm, whether it's good or bad. It's still an experience. So I think being in that void and not going through the other end was another gift to give me the opportunity to learn this lesson because I, I, I learned now, like I love my parents, I love my family and all that, but there's going to be a time they're getting old, they're going to pass away. I can find peace in that. Because most people, once someone, once their family die, they're never the same and they live a house state in their mind. It doesn't matter if they live in a nice house or they travel or they go around the world. They have this empty feeling and it's and, and that, that is a state of hell. So um, 
that that ex, not going through the void and learning that you have to rely on yourself to be happy, no one else, you can feel fantastic. Do you think your divorce is a result from your NDE? I could have tolerated my ex-wife more um, and probably still been with her. Um, but the NDE changed me as in that if I don't like something, I'm not going to continue to do it to please other people. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be selfish and neglect other people in the process. Um, but I am not going to let other people manipulate me into being someone I'm not. Because 90% of the problems where people suffer from anxiety, depression, all the suffering in this, say, whole universe is because people are always trying to please other people. And and the thing about trying to please other people as well is they take your energy. And when your energy force becomes low, it's no different to almost when the spirit leaves the body and if the body doesn't have the spirit, the body dies. But then the body also nourishes the spirit. But if the spirit, if your is drained, it can't nourish the body, the body can't nourish back in return the the the, the body, so you, the body nourishes the spirit and the spirit nourishes the body. And if that can't happen, if that cycle gets broken because of all these things that people go through um, that are negative, uh, allowing other people to take their energy, they will get sick and they'll probably get cancer or some kind of disease and they drop dead and it's not really worth it because we don't, not everything, I don't believe everything that happens is meant to happen. Um, some things we do have a destiny, but not everything. God still leaves it to us. And when you base all your decision based on what your parents think, will they approve or they want to approve or your family or your friends, you're basically got, you have no, um, you might as well be dead. You're not living life in a way like the whole purpose of what we come here to experience, we're not experiencing. Do you think you were meant to have this NDE? I think so. I think so. I was because I was becoming very destructive. I didn't believe in God. I, even though I, I had religious family and we grew up, you know, going to church and all that kind of stuff, and I went to Sunday school, I didn't believe in God. I honestly believed if, you know, you committed murder and get away with it, who's going to know? Who's going to care? started to not care about anyone but myself. Um, just through stuff that, you know, we all go through hardship when we're younger and we become like some people become stronger, some people become more resentful. And I went the other way where I became resentful and um, just got to the point where I didn't care about anyone but myself. And that's not how I was. Usually a pretty loving person, um, do anything for anyone. Um, so, yeah. After having the NDE, um, if you make a lot of money and then you lose the money, you don't really care because it's like a game. Oh, I got to the third level. Try again. Oops, got to the third level. Oh, nearly made it to the fourth level. And you keep trying again. Um, I honestly believe that um, a lot of what people call, they have like premonitions or deja vu. Um, 
that we've done this before. Um, we repeat things until we get it right. It's like like I, I I believe that this this is like the matrix where we are, um, and that we're playing a game and we didn't make that level. We're really obsessed. I want to get past that level, so you don't have to go back and play that game again. But I, I probably because I'm the type of person who doesn't give up easily. <laughs> I um, probably keep coming back and going back to time, back in time and repeating things until I get it right. Because there's been times where things have happened. I go, hey, I remember this. And before it happened, I changed my direction and it, and it came out true, but it didn't happen to me. It happened to someone else because I changed it. So because I changed it, instead of me getting in trouble, the other person got in trouble. It's funny because instead of you getting affected, someone else gets affected when you try to change things which is kind of like I didn't want that to happen, but, I mean, um, I I do feel like, you know, we've come here more than once and repeat, repeat ourselves until we get it right. Um, and a lot of the things that I've failed and haven't succeeded, I haven't taken it to heart like someone else. Like you get people, you hear about people that are really rich and they're very wealthy and they lose everything and they think, oh, my God, I'm never going to get this back. So they kill themselves. Wherein I wouldn't think that. I think, oh, well, it happened, it happened. <laughs> it's just, it's like a game, you know, it's just a game. So, so that's, that's what it's done for me. When you were inside that woman's body, was she there with you or did she leave? She took control of my body. Did she say anything or mention anything to you that she was inside of your body? I, I worked it out because when we crossed, we swapped. Because, because, I've seen uh, I've seen a few times ghosts um, where I live. Um, it was like a, a black shadow silhouette, very tall, thin, and I saw it sliding in the room. And I remember freaking out, and then it freaked out. I didn't think it knew it was dead, and it tried to avoid hitting the walls, which I thought was hilarious. Um, I had my cat with me. I noticed the cat couldn't see, but I could see this the ghost. Um, so then. It was gone. Then I went back to sleep. And then I woke up thinking about this ghost. And then I thought my son, I got up and went near me to get one of his gadgets. And I turned around to go and tell him off. And it was that ghost <laughs> right beside me. And so spirits, to me, spirits feel no different to a live person standing next to you. And you can sense they're standing next to you. It feels no different. Um, from when I was young, when I used to sense energy in the room, I would wake myself up. Sometimes I, I could do it by going through the ground. I'll go through the ground and that in the dream, and that would get me out of my body and wake me up. Um, so I, her spirit moved out of her body and went near mine. And when she went near me, I felt it. That's why I, I was getting the feeling like she got up and she went next to me and put her face close to my face like someone's playing a prank, but that was the spirit. But then when we swapped, we crossed, our arms actually crossed. Like I mean, her auras crossed up, my arms are crossing like that. I know she's holding my body up. Somehow she's holding my body because I wasn't falling off the chair. And I, I, I could see, I know she was sitting in my body and I was sitting in hers. But her body felt like it was mine, like I could get up and walk away if I wanted to. I could do whatever I want. You know, if you pinched her, I would feel the pinch. It was 
like our bodies are truly like like you know like a car you change cars you're driving a different car um um one of the things i noticed i've always driven to work and there was one stage where i changed um companies where i worked and i had to catch a train and because i was hanging out to get sleep I would kind of try and snooze in the train, but you can't fall asleep because if you fall asleep, then you miss your stop. And so I didn't realize I was going into trances. And what I noticed would happen is I got my eyes shut and I could see around me with my eyes shut. And I thought, geez, if someone, someone who doesn't, who's blind, who can't see, if they learn how to um, go into um, like a meditation, that could actually see around the room and all that and kind of like almost have their eyes working again. And at first I thought maybe I'm dreaming. I'm kind of in the semi like awake and dreaming at the same time. So I kind of moved my head around with my eyes shut and I could see all the people. So I thought I'm going to wait until someone comes into the train, the door opens and they go into the carriage. And I'm going to keep staring with my eyes shut. And then when they come in, I'm going to open my eyes and see if it changes the picture. Because, you know, like if you're kind of dreaming, it changes. And to my shock, it, it the person looked exactly like what I saw with my eyes shut. And then if I kept doing that and kept being relaxed, everything would become colourful. So it start like 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 you know, like the TV when the the old TVs they used to have all the static when there was nothing showing, and then that kind of forms a picture, and then that then becomes grayscale, and then that becomes colour. It kind of that's what. I experienced, and you and you can see around the the room, and you can pick up how people feel, and if they're angry or what type of personality, happy, arrogant, rude, um, self-centered. You could experience, and you and you can pick up all that kind of stuff. And from doing that, um, I accidentally learned how to go into a trance, um, and so that will cause out of body experiences. And what happened one time, I was sitting down on the couch, upright, watching TV, and I started getting sleepy, kind of, almost dozing off. And I noticed there was a spirit, an entity. It was an old guy. He looked about 70-something, 75. He was way above my head, like two stories up, looking at me. And I think the same kind of thing happened, like the spiritual church, but instead of... um, me swapping with a live person, he kind of, I think like he kind of possessed my body, went into my body, but then I kind of became him and I could see through the walls. I got to experience what it's like being a spirit. I could see through the the roof and through the walls and I could zoom in and out and I could see what he's doing. And then I got angry with him and I did this thing like you put your arms out. It must it must be from my life, uh, my past life, like a memory or trigger, like a soft defense mechanism. I was doing like this embrace and I started drawing his energy and his energy was converting to my energy. And then I started seeing he was starting to become unconscious. It felt like I was like taking away spirit and making him like almost not exist. And then I thought... <gasps> What am I doing? That's a horrible thing to do. And I stopped and I gave back his energy and I could perceive, you know, like how you asked me the question in the ADA 
How do you know it was infinite? Did you see stars? I could perceive him moving away, like zigzagging, back into the other realm. And like like to say, this guy is crazy. I'm getting away from him, you know? And and then I got worried about that. I thought I was able to take his energy. But then can our soul be destroyed? I thought, but aren't we infinite? Possibly that can't be possible. And then I started seeing on on um, YouTube other NDEs, and there was a, a an NDE story from some lady who was saying that she was on the other side and she saw these lost souls and she saw a lost girl and she was trying to help her, and the girl touched her, and then took off, and then all these other entities were coming and touching her and then leaving, and every time they were touching her, they were drawing away her energy. And she says she started to become unconscious. unconscious. <laughs> then the light came and saved her and told the lesson that she was to learn was that she needed to think more about herself and not always think about other people because she was neglecting herself. Um, and God doesn't want that. God wants you to help people but doesn't want you to neglect yourself because that's just as bad as treating someone else bad because you're treating yourself bad in a way, right? Like you're, we're all connected. Um, so I know I wasn't, that wasn't my imagination that I could draw that energy. Um, but I thought about it and I thought, you know what? It's like, um, kind of like a, a computer, you know, a computer, you have, um, a hard drive and you have operating systems. Like you've got Windows 10, 11, you got Macs. You know how you can save the information on a hard disk? That's like your frequency. So you have a frequency, I have a frequency that makes me, you have a frequency that makes you, uh, Jeff. Um, and I think that frequency needs um, energy, like electricity. It's like a machine. When you've got no electricity on, switched on, it doesn't do anything. But when you put some power into it, then it fires up and does amazing things. You can watch movies. We, we're having these meetings now. And that's all for a computer, right? But if you back up your computer and then you restore your computer, the data on another computer, it looks exactly like your, your old computer because that's the frequency. So, so I think there's like an arch archive in the other realm where all our frequencies are saved, stored, like information. So even if it got destroyed, you can recreate it, restore it, and put the energy back in your st and you continue where you left off. So in one sense, you can't be destroyed. Do you think it's possible? Do you think it's possible that our higher self is the master, the master copy? And when we come here and incarnate, it like it makes a copy of our master self and puts it here. And then when we yes. go back, we like upload all the data that we had while we're here. Yes, because it's like um, it's like the internet, but it's the because you think about it. If you um, if you look into investigations into uh, the paranormal and ghosts and spirits, they're magnetic field. They're they're electrical. It's not much different to a computer. Even with um, when people suffer from anxiety, depression, um. We have alarm points. We've got like an alarm point, your heart meridian. For example, if you get angry all the time, what does it affect? Your heart. Then we've got um, 
for example, large intestine, which is affects things like confidence, holding on, not not letting go. And what I found is that when when something negative happens to you, you might first feel angry, and then you might feel shocked, or you might feel shocked first, then angry, and then you start you might start become um, unhappy and then depressed. And what happens is it creates like like binary. It creates an order. It creates okay the first thing you felt was um, shocked. Then you f- were angry. Then you became unhappy. Then you started to become depressed. Which points were affected? Um, and there's points that affected. There could be four, five, six points. And then you, 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 you tap on the points or you hold the points or you focus on the points and that releases. And then there's another level and then another level and it just keeps going and going and going and it gets to the point where once you get them in the right order, that thing that's holding you, that's making you unhappy, depressed, gets released. But if you get the order wrong, like coding, it doesn't get released, I found. And so it's really interesting the way it works. And and just everything, just our existence, everything is like binary. Everything is information. And we're just digesting the information all the time. It sounds like from what you said earlier that all emotions come from the body and and not who we really are. Correct. Because if you think about it, if you're feeling sometimes bad or you're in a bad mood and you're just sitting next to someone who's in a happy mood, um, you start to feel a bit better because you're, you're, you don't realize you're absorbing some of their energy. That's changing the way you feel. Um, with I, I learned that with the meridian points, I found that if I'm feeling angry, if I'm not feeling good, or I'm feeling miserable, I focus. I just become aware of the points, and I could feel like it's if you're having alcohol and you're feeling karma, and you, and it just melts away. Um, because because I, I I know how to do that. I don't drink. I don't. It's quicker for me to get rid of the way I feel. Just heal myself. Um, I could do it at will. Um, I tried to do it with if people are distant. I tried to see if I could work out where the meridian points are and what and fix see help them fix their problems. Um, and I found that at first when I tried it, it wasn't working. I wasn't picking up the points. And then what I found was it's like the mobile phone. You get poor reception or strong reception. I found if they're far away, it's like having weak reception. And I found if I lift my arms up like that, like an airplane, then I'm not reading myself. And then I could read them. And I could check if the polarity is out or even when driving in the streets, I could, if I want to read if someone's polarities out or something's not right and what it is. And, um, but I, I don't, I don't go around doing that on people because they used to freak out people and they used to go, oh, get away from me and all that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I could do that and I could work out what's wrong with them instead of trying to beat around the bush, trying to, um, people go to psychologists and psychologists, yes, they have amazing techniques to work out what is wrong with them and help them work, work out their problems. But the way I do it is a shortcut and you just get straight to the point and work out what the problem is. 
with it. Um, I feel bad when I see a lot of people out there here on, on the media um, that got depression, that committed suicide. Because I think, oh, if I would have known them and I could have worked on them, they'll be alive. But you know, you can't go, you can't heal the whole world, and um, you know, maybe could teach them something, and they could do it through muscle testing and stop relying on drugs because drugs actually keep the problem there. I found that when someone takes medication for anxiety, they still have it. You could still feel it. They're still experiencing anxiety. They're just not aware of it. So they're not, they're not, they're not getting rid of the torture. Um, because even um, when someone's gone through an ordeal and, and they're feeling pretty good, um, they come near me and I pick it up and I feel it and I tell them and they go, that was two weeks ago. And I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm feel, picking it up. It's still there. Because that's taking um, its toll on your body and it also reduces your lifespan because it's like having a, a car and you're freshing it. Which car is going to last longer, the car that you're freshing or the car that you look after and you, you just take it easy? So it's like everyone's fresh in their body. They're not giving themselves a break. And, and, and the thing with um, even alcohol, as soon as the effects wear out, you feel worse than before. It's kind of like a loan, a bank loan. you got to pay back the interest. What, you can't win because no matter how much money you get a loan, you got to pay back double. After watching this podcast, if people want to reach out to you, are you up for that? Yeah, yeah, they can contact me. Especially the if they have, they're suffering from mental health, you know. They want tips or advice. Or How help. should they reach you? Uh, they can reach me on Facebook or they can um, they can just look up um, they can look up computer tech without the H, computer tech, because I have the IT business. Um, they would find me there too. All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? No matter how hard your life is or how bad it seems, um, there's always worse. Um, if you decide that you're going to be unhappy because of circumstances that you're in, <clears throat> at the end of the day, you're only torturing yourself and it's only going to make things worse. And if it becomes chronic, you can get yourself in a bad state that even someone like me who can do, who can heal, can really get stuck as well and get in a really bad jam and give up as well. So you can't change what's what's happened around you, um, but you can change what you do today um, to make yourself feel better. Exercise as well if you can because it helps your mental well-being. Spend time with your good friends and good family. Stay away from negative people <laughs> because it's not going to help. <laughs> Sam, thank you for that message and thank you again for being my guest. It's a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.